Ronnie and Carolyn White. It's good to have them with us again this week. We've just been enjoying our company immensely. And of course, it's always good to have Mom here. She's, uh, she's always a delight to have around and thrilled to have her staying in our home with us while she's here escaping that nasty weather up north. And we just enjoy having her here. It's a privilege. I have uh, discovered there's a conspiracy going on here at High Point Church. I'm going to find the culprit. In fact, I think I know who it is. I won't give you her initials. Her name's Doris Fontana. I've been getting here of late. I've been giving, getting these advertisements in the mail for a touch of gray. Now they've started coming to the church address in my name. I know who's behind that. Shall we take a vote? How many of you agree that she's probably the one up to that? No, I'm just kidding. I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman this morning. I stopped by McDonald's and got me a cup of coffee on my way to the office. And we got to talking about church and so forth. And he said he recently read an article that really surprised him. He said, and in this article, whoever produced this, whatever newspaper, we didn't get into that discussion, but he said that statistics have shown that only 20% of the residents of Hillsborough County attend service, attend church service of any kind. 80% does not. And it went on to the, some specific details within the survey that's really relevant to our discussion here today. But I thought that was rather astounding that only 20% of all the residents of this county, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, only 20% attend church on a regular basis. Folks, we have our work cut out for us. Amen? We do have our work cut out for us. I'm going to ask if a couple of our, of, our, of our men would take time to stop by the church either Monday or Tuesday or both days and do a little sprucing up out here in our landscaping. The freeze has kind of killed off some of the landscaping. If you just kind of clean that up a little bit and, and take care of that before uh, Wednesday evening, I'd appreciate it very, very much. Will you do that? I know you will. Let's stand one more time. And I'm going to be very quick this morning. I know the hour is getting on. But I want to share a few things with you before we, we uh, dismiss this morning. I invite your attention to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Galatia, says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in well-doing or in doing good. For in due season we shall reap 
if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious Savior, Lord Jesus, I thank you today once again for your presence, for your spirit that permeates this place, for your spirit that is touching each and every heart in here this morning. I pray, Lord, that as we come to this portion of the service, the ministry of your word through preaching, that you will anoint these lips that I might speak solely as a vessel and instrument for your purpose and for your glory. Help me to become transparent before you and this congregation that they might hear and see your words being spoken, nothing of my own self or my opinion. Lord, I pray that you'll anoint each of us to receive today, and we will give you the praise and the thanks for it all. It is in Jesus' name that we ask it today. And everyone say amen. amen. Look at someone close by and tell them today we're sailing on. We're sailing on. We're sailing on. There's an old song that we used to sing around the church a long, long, long time ago. It said, my heavenly home is bright and fair. Now, you young folks probably never heard this song before. But I feel like traveling on. No pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. But you know the reality of it is there are some days that we really, from the physical and mental and possibly a spiritual perspective, just don't feel like traveling on. I'm going to be honest enough to tell you there are some days I just don't feel like traveling on. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about perseverance and what it means in relationship to Scripture and what it means for you and I in our walk with God. You see, perseverance means succeeding because we're determined to, not because we are entitled to. Everybody got that? Succeeding because we're determined to, not because we're entitled to. You see, achievers don't sit back and wait for success simply on the basis the world owes them. Now, as a matter of fact, if we're wise, we'll ask God for direction. We're going to stand firm on His Word. Amen? We're going to stand firm on His Word. We're going to go forward and refuse to quit. And I will admit to you, there are some days that what keeps me going is my refusal to quit. Not because I'm jumping for joy to get at it. There's some days it's my refusal to quit that pushes me out of the bed and gets me going. Perhaps we should adopt the attitude of the man who said this. He said, we are determined to win. We'll fight them until hell freezes over, and if we have to, we'll fight them on the ice. End of quote. The Apostle Paul, looking back in retrospect, recalling some of the trials that he had faced, he made this observation. He said, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase, he said, I started and I'm going to finish. I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count. 
I've been at death's door more times than most men will ever know. And that's not just the half of it. That's just the beginning. And yet this is the man who wrote to the Roman church and said, All things work together to the good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to His purpose. Perhaps one word describes Paul's attitude. Simply relentless. He gave himself over to Jesus Christ as he said he became a prisoner of his and he was relentless in his pursuit for Jesus Christ. Perseverance is also recognizing that life is not one long race, but it's many short ones in succession. It's not one real long race, it's just a bunch of little ones. You see, each task has its own challenges and each day its own events. How many will agree with that? Probably tomorrow we'll will merit some new events in your life. Hopefully good, but we have to get out, of, get out of the bed the next morning and we have to run again. And it's never exactly the same race. How many of you noticed that? You know, to be successful in our walk with Jesus Christ, we must keep plugging away. History tells us that Columbus faced incredible difficulties while studying the West in search of a passage to Asia. In fact, historians said that he encountered storms. They experienced hunger, deprivation, and extreme discouragement. I can't even begin to imagine. The crews of his three ships were near mutiny. However, in his account of the journey, his journal says the same thing over and over and over. Today, we sail on. And his perseverance paid off. He didn't discover a fast route to, a spice and, to the spice and rich Indies. Instead, he found a new continent. You see, the key to spiritual success, I believe, is found in the passages in Hebrews that says, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, Paul, or the apostle writing this immediately after the 11th chapter, identifying those who walked by faith and those great heroes of the faith, said, Therefore, we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many of you know who Walt Disney is? Or was, I should say, the late Walt Disney. It is said, if you don't know who Walt Disney is, I don't know where you've been. It is said that Walt Disney requests for a loan when he wanted to get rolling in this theme park industry and do what he'd done so well, that his request for a loan was rejected by 301 different loan institutions before he finally got somebody to tell him yes. And yet he built the world's most famous theme park. So we must always keep in mind perseverance is needed to win the prize. Paul said, I press toward the mark. At one time or another we have all no doubt heard the phrase, quitters never win and winners never quit? 
perseverance turns adversity into advancement. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. The apostle didn't give up even when in prison. In fact, biblical history points out that he rose to the occasion. He took every opportunity to let someone know about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I suppose the question lingers in someone's mind, well, how did he do it? How did he muster up that perseverance? And how did he find himself where he just refused to give up? Well, he found the benefit to him personally that comes from every trial. Someone has said, today we're obsessed with speed. However, God is more interested in strength and stability. The race is not to he that runs the swiftest, but to the one who endures to the end. Amen? For the most part, we humans want the quick fix. It's our degree. It's the truth. We, we, like, we like it, the quick fix. We, don't. We, we like the shortcut, the on-the-spot solution, if you will. We want a sermon, a seminar, or an experience that will instantly resolve all problems and remove all temptation and release us from all the growing pains that comes with discipleship. However, real maturity is never the result of a single experience. No matter how powerful or how moving, growth is a gradual process. None of us started out where we are today in our spiritual growth. We have ended up here because we were per persistent and we persevered and we kept going and receiving and hearing and listening and allowing the Lord to adjust our lives accordingly. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being what? Transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's a gradual process of being transformed into His likeness and into His glory. Amen. There's a couple of things that we can observe about perseverance that I want to share with you. First of all, perseverance means stopping not because we're tired, but because the task is completed. My dad used to always tell me, don't you start it if you're not going to finish it. Don't you even think about it. Diplomat Robert Strauss made this statement. He says, and I quote, success is like wrestling a thousand pound gorilla. You don't quit when you're tired. You quit when the gorilla's tired. End of quote. There's some logic to that, isn't there? Have you noticed that when we are fresh, excited, and energetic, we work at a task with vigor? Until the new wears off? Until we become a little weary? Then suddenly it starts getting pushed back. Only when we become weary do we need perseverance. You see, once again, Paul made this observation. He said, let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. I wonder how many folks have missed reaping the harvest because they gave up just a little bit too soon. I don't know. 
You see, the fact of the matter is, fatigue and discouragement are not reasons to quit. They're reasons to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have learned that when I am weak, He is strong. I have learned that in my weakest moments and in my times of greatest despair, He's been my greatest help. And we must rely on His grace and His favor and His character to keep going. I recognize every day that I live, I don't go and do what I do without His grace, without His mercy, and without His favor. Without His favor. Oftentimes, our Adamic nature, we underestimate what it takes to succeed at what we set out to accomplish. Have you all ever done that? Underestimate what it's going to take to do what you want to do. And oftentimes we really haven't counted the cost and as a, re as a result of approaching challenges that we just done it out of mere interest and not because we were really going to go at it with everything that was in us. And the fact of the matter is whatever we set out to do requires, listen to me now, requires total commitment. Doesn't matter what it is. Another thing my dad used to always tell me, if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're not going to do it right, don't do it. Of course, then he always made me wish I'd have done it, but... And done it right. One author observed, in every triumph, there is a lot of try. In every triumph, there's a lot of try. However, I must tell you this. Perseverance means more than just trying or working hard. Perseverance is oftentimes an investment. It's a willingness to bind yourself emotionally, to bind yourself intellectually, physically, and spiritually to an idea, to a purpose, or a task until it has been accomplished. I made up my mind a long time ago to go this race as a born-again believer, as a child of God, and that's still my commitment today. It's a willingness to bind ourselves emotionally, intellectually, and physically, to a, and spiritually to an idea, to a purpose or task, until it has been completed. You see, perseverance demands a lot. But here's the good news. Everything you give is an investment in yourself for eternity. Each time you do the right thing, each time you seek God, each time you work hard, each time you treat others with respect, learn and you grow, you invest in yourself. To do these things every day takes perseverance. I'll tell you, there's just days you don't feel like it. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever, you're drained, you're exhausted, and you just don't feel like it. Perseverance is a trait that can be cultivated. Do you know that? And the initial step is cultivating it is to eliminate two of its greatest enemies. And these enemies, two, one, one of the two that we're going to talk about, is a lifestyle of giving up. So a little boy was promised an ice cream cone by his granddad while accompanying his granddad on some errands if he would be a good boy. That's oftentimes difficult for grandsons to do. Be good boys. So he agreed. Yeah, Grandpa, I, oh yeah, 
you know, you know how grandsons are when it comes to ice cream. So the longer they were gone, the more difficult this little boy was finding to be good. That goes to reason two with grandsons. You can't keep them pinned up very long. So he asked Grandpa, he said, Grandpa, how much longer is it going to be? Oh, not long, Grandpa replied, and said, we just got one more stop to make, and we'll, we'll be finished. Oh, he said, Grandpa, I don't know if I can make it. I can do good. I just can't be good, good enough long enough. You see, as children, we can get away with that, but not as mature people, and certainly not if we expect to succeed in what God's called us to do. We must recognize two things. My brother-in-law and I were talking about this last night at the dinner table. First of all, as born-again believers, we must recognize the sovereignty of God. He has the right to do and say whatever He wants to say. He has the right and the authority to direct our lives however He wants to. Whether I like it, whether I agree, whether I disagree, it's His choice. Amen. And we must also recognize that God has given us a call. We have a purpose. Amen. The second enemy that we need to tackle is a wrong belief that life should be easy. If someone told you life should be easy, oh, did they ever lie to you? The Bible does not promise. Jesus Christ never promised that life would be easy. In fact, he told his disciples that we would face tribulation. Amen? Paul told Timothy that he must endure hardness as a good soldier. You see, having the right expectations is really half the battle. Clinical psychologist John C. Norcross found the great characteristic that distinguishes those who reach their goals from those who don't. You know what that is? That distinguishing factor? Expectations. You see, both types of people experience the same amount of failure during the first month they strive for their goals. But members of a successful group don't expect to succeed right away. Listen to this now. They view their failures as a reason to recommit and refocus on their goals with more determination. And with every time we commit, we direct and we refocus, we get better at it. Norcross says also that those who were unsuccessful say that a relapse, or here's their opinion, they say a relapse is evidence that they can't do it. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. How many of you really believe that's true? We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Amen. You see, these are the ones, the second group that I talk about, they're the ones who have a wrong belief that life should be easy. You see, bottom line, James said it this way. In James 5 and 11, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. When Job's wife approached him and his friends approached him, and she said to him, why don't you curse God and die? He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's surrendering to the sovereignty of God. That's saying, God, my life is in your hands, and however you choose to direct it, that's the way it is. I will walk in my purpose. I will walk in what you have called me to do. Perseverance of Job. Here are three other enemies of perseverance that we'll have to defeat each day of our lives, and I'm about done. First of all is the lack of resiliency. Harvard professor George Valiant identifies resiliency as a significant characteristic of people who navigate the different seasons of life from birth to old age. Now, in his book, Aging Well, he writes, resilient people, and I quote, resilient people are like a twig with a fresh green living core. When twisted out of shape, the twig bends, but it doesn't break. Instead, it springs back and continues growing. When my mother used to send us out to get, her, get, get our own switch, you better come back in there with a nice switch that was real limber and wouldn't break, or you got to go get another one. And you kept going out and getting until you got one that worked. I was such a good boy, I rarely ever got it, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lord, I jest. Amen. It springs back and continues to growing. You see, and that's an excellent description of perseverance. We must not become dry and brittle and inflexible. And we oftentimes do. We must draw on God's grace and endeavor to bounce back no matter how we feel. The second thing is lack of vision. Oh, God help us. A lack of vision. You see, everything that's created is actually created twice. First it's created mentally, then it's created physically. And where does our creativity come from? Obviously from God dwelling within us. You see, our Creator who made us in His likeness and in His image. Amen. From the abundance of the heart. Or the mind, if you will. You see, a God-given vision will keep us moving forward when nothing else will. Amen. It was the God-given vision that David had of bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem that sent him back the second time after he messed it up the first time. Instead of getting wise counsel and having the Levitical priesthood carry the Ark of the Covenant back on the stage back into Jerusalem, he tried it in his own way. It ended up costing a man his life. But with a vision, he wouldn't let it go. He knew what it meant. So this time he sought correctly, and he wouldn't surrender. That's perseverance. Don't you know there were some folks that tell him, David, you probably don't want to try this again. You know, it turned out real bad the last time. Maybe we ought to just let this thing alone. No, no. He said, it's got to come back to Jerusalem. 
We're going to get it. And the lack of vision will stop you dead in your tracks. Oh, it will. The third thing is a lack of purpose. Rich Demas made this statement, and I quote, Persistence is stubbornness with a purpose. Persistence is stubbornness with a purpose. It is very difficult to develop persistence when you lack a sense of purpose. If you're just meandering through life without a sense of purpose, chances are you will not know what it is to be persistent. Conversely, when you have a passionate sense of purpose, energy rises, obstacles become incidental, and perseverance wins out. A world champion boxer put it this way, as our musicians make their way forward and I close. He said this, Champions aren't made in the gyms. They are made from something they have deep inside of them, a desire to dream, a vision. They have last-minute stamina. They have to be a little faster, and they have to have the skill and the will, but the will must be stronger than the skill. So my friends, as you stand, as Paul so aptly stated, let us not become weary in well-doing. For in due season, for at the proper time, as the New International Version states, at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We can afford to give up. I say to High Point Church with only 20% of the residents of this county, Attending service, any kind of a service, with any regularity, we certainly cannot afford to give up. 